Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode. I'm really excited about today's guest because today's guest is an expert in artificial intelligence, machine learning, uh, all of the cutting edge technology that's coming. We're going to have a fantastic discussion. His name is Shaquille, based out of um, the UK, and he's got a fantastic story, experience, and background, and I'm happy to welcome him to the show. Welcome. Great to be here, Chris. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Tell people about your background and your story and how you get got started. Uh, it's a bit of a strange story, Chris. Uh, I originally got into finance when I was a wee bit younger and worked in banking for many years and uh, fell out of that. I realized it wasn't for me. Uh, I got involved in health and safety and uh, simultaneously I was working and learning about uh, health and safety at the same time. I kind of diversified into health and safety and then over the, the last few years we have taken a more machine learning approach using data analytics to understand how productivity works and uh, how businesses are losing lost time and how we can improve that. Yeah, fascinating. And uh, I'm really excited to talk about AI because, I, you know, with this whole um, chat GPT, it's really exploded my business. And I've been working with this um, Opus Clip to, you know, viral video reels. And it's really like, it's almost like having 10 people working for you, but it's like for each thing, it costs like fraction of a penny to, to do these things. So talk about this AI and um, the, the potential, what it's doing, the challenges, etc. It's fantastic. You know, it's uh, it's such a great introduction to the world. Um, however, at the same time, it does have some negative aspects to it. I think um, how you use it can, and how you perceive it can be either positive or negative. Um, especially now with the introduction of ChatGPT, We've been working on machine learning for, for like 18 months now. And you know, at the first 12 months that we were doing it, nobody was interested. Nobody was really interested in what we actually did and understood it. And go back, a, I think, maybe nine months now, at the start of the year, ChatGBT comes in, explodes, and everybody's interested in artificial intelligence and trying to do things uh, through machine learning. And it's been exciting for us. It's from a health and safety perspective, it's quite scary as well. A lot of businesses and individuals are looking at artificial intelligence as a way to replace humans. Um, and that's not the kind of mindset that we want business owners or businesses to take. We want to look at the 
way that it, artificial intelligence is there or machine learning is there to complement human skill and advance human skill rather than replace human skill. So we would look at it from a point of view where it was last resort to remove the human people from doing the job. If it was maybe a safety or a health risk to them, then we would say, look, let's introduce artificial intelligence rather than say, look, let's cut 50 jobs and put machines in there instead. You know? Yeah, which is interesting. You're actually kind of in the camp where, um, you know, we have to be mindful of the ramifications of AI because, you know, a lot of people, yes, previous year talking about, you know, the the potential of AI and how much it's you know, but you, you bring up a valid point, which is, uh, you know, this idea of replacing workers and kind of talk about this because uh, the camp is usually they're saying, we have to learn how to use AI in conjunction with humans and not just all just cut, you know, 100 jobs altogether. So talk about that. Yeah, I think with what we do, Chris, we do data analytics. So it's a kind of deeper level of learning uh, and understanding what's going on in the business. So we're, we're coming from the point of view, well, I'm a health and safety practitioner, first of all. So my ultimate job and my role is to protect human life first. And, and, and safeguard them. So, you know, I don't want them to be replaced by machines unless it's, a, you know, it's a necessity. Unless, you know, we're going to send them down some crazy dark tunnel or onto the Antarctic and we can send a machine instead, then it's totally different. But I come across, I come from the point of view that, you know, we find what's going on in the business, what's going wrong with the business. And we then train individuals or to upskill them, to complement them so they've got more understanding of the role. Whereas, you know, there's this mindset of is that in certain individuals, not every individual, there's this mindset that, you know, we don't need to do the job anymore because a machine can do it for us. That's not the case. We don't ever want to go down the route where machines are doing everything for us because then we've got nothing to do. Well, we do have something to do, but we don't want to be in that situation. We want to be able to say, right, we've recognized that <clears throat> we can interact with uh, the machines and artificial intelligence if we learn uh, to upskill, learn new modules, new training, whatever the role takes, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, because kind of what's uh, here, what's happening is that this whole um, work from home movement in this whole area where social media and internet has allowed people to become self-employed or create their own businesses and, now these corporations are kind of sitting on empty commercial real estate and and struggling for workers so that's you know the potential for software ai and robotics to come in and help uh, boost up that area kind of and then also this idea of um but then you also for example with um, autonomous vehicles where vehicles are going to be able to drive on their own you know you have you know thousands probably of you know truck drivers that will be you know, out of a job uh, uh, right then and there. So um, kind of talk about how like areas where AI can help boost and then how and areas where we have to coexist in some places where um, we don't have to replace jobs. So, so taking it from a safety point of view, you know, rewinding it just about what I said there, we would look at a deeper level on what's actually going on in the business and what risk the work activity would create for the individual. So if the individual was in a position where they could be hurt or they could be injured and there was, you know, risk to life, then we would say, 
let's bring in artificial intelligence to do that. However, if it doesn't say that, if it was a case that the, the risk or the work activity, we could reduce the risk uh, to the individual by upskilling them, giving them additional training, you know, enhancing their performance in some way, making sure that they were actually fitter and more agile to do the task, then we would look at following down that route. It's, it, it's a bit of a crazy time because individual and businesses, there needs to be that bridge uh, in businesses between a artificial intelligence and human. There needs to be that bridge there so that <clears throat> on one side, the, the workforce is not disrupted by what's going on with machine learning and artificial intelligence. We don't want to disrupt an industry. We don't want to, you know, take away jobs from people. We want them to be in a situation where they don't feel threatened. And this is one of the things that data and machine learning can do to an, a business or an industry is it could put them in the back foot because data can expose people uh, and jobs. So if maybe somebody's not performing the way that they should be or they're a, the business is not performing as a whole, then understanding and viewing the data can disrupt that kind of culture in the business. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love that answer because there's basically you have to find out ways where you can kind of use it for good in some cases uh, as opposed to bad, which kind of brings us to these kind of the dangers of AI, you know, this area of um, where we're moving from kinetic or actually this area of AI and national defense and national security where we're moving from kinetic warfare to more like information warfare and economic warfare kind of talk about like, cause I, you know, we can imagine this moment where just the AI just goes rogue or um, a rogue nation just kind of deploys this AI software and just, you know, shuts out, you know, it causes a lot of um, harm. So kind of talk about that from a, you know, where you're looking at from like national defense and security and all of that. Yeah, the, 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 it's, it's, it's a data war out there. Uh, it is machine wars uh, out there. It's, it's who has the most data, uh, has the, the competitive advantage. What a machine is programmed to do is to understand the data that it's been given. Now, the disadvantage to that is that if the machine has not been given the full data, so the way that we operate is that if we take information from all different areas of the business and, you know, maybe a HR department, a health and safety, an operations department, and <clears throat> one part of the business only gives us 50% of the data and we put it into the machine and 50% of that data is missing, the machine will still make a decision based on that data that has been given. Now, it might not be the decision that best suits a business because, there's, there's missing information. So we have to be mindful of that. We're still at the stage where it's humans. We are programming the machines. But eventually, as the machine evolves and it's machines programming the machines, then it's it can be quite dangerous. Yeah, especially uh, when they... Yeah, that is actually quite... Um, and then I'm just, I'm just imagining this moment where we have this catastrophic, catastrophic event with AI, you know, similar to like a 9-11 like or something, you know, something big. And um, basically the government shuts it down and uh, you know, they have all these rules and regulation. But um, what interest, what is interesting is um, what this, you mentioned that is happening so fast and why is it happening so fast? And talk about this exponential curve that um, we're experiencing right now. 
it is happening fast, but is it happening fast? Because if you look at one of the probably the biggest AI tools out there, like Google, how long has it been around? How long has Facebook been along? You know? <laughs> how long has Instagram been around? You know, these are advanced AI machines. You know, they're picking up data and telling you what, you know, what you want to look at and, and reading what's going on. Then they're going on to market you. You know, that's massive internet. We, we, we've been using it for a long time, but we've just not un accepted that we're using it. We were still in the denial stage that we're actually using artificial intelligence on a day-to-day -day basis. Now we are in the acceptance stage that we are using it. And, you know, it could be used in our business to replace our jobs. And that's where the threat comes in. And that's where the pushback comes in. And that's where as individuals or business owners, uh, as I talked about uh, just moments ago, it, it's disruptive to a business now because there's a real threat involved. Um, and that's why the, there has to be certain ways that, uh, that you maneuver when you implement an artificial intelligence program or a machine learning program. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting because I'm a father of two and I've got two kids, you know, uh, six and three, and they're using these tools all the time, not even thinking about it. Even, for example, if you look at Netflix now, and Netflix, it's actually got that algorithm built in it that you can, it's actually telling you what's suited to what you want to watch. So they're using that from a young age, but it's only when you pull back and actually realize what it's going, you're letting the machine guide you to what you want to watch or what you're interested in. So it's, it's really fascinating when people say, oh, this it's oh, it's just coming in, but it's it's actually been here for a long time. We've just not noticed. Yeah. And it's getting actually, it's getting better and better. Uh, just the recommendations and we can, and again, it's an early technology. One thing uh kind of talk about is this. Um, so I've been reading like Google, Microsoft, I think the first, uh, you know, open AI, the chat GPT was like the, you know, kind of the mass large language model, but, you know, Facebook and Google, Amazon, they're all developing their own large language models. Kind of talk about how that, you know, um, intersects with machine learning. What's that going to mean? What what do you see happening from there? ChatGBT is an absolutely fantastic tool because you're asking it to do things for you. And then ChatGBT is you know, the more and more people put into it, the more and more data that they've got and the more information that they're doing. You know, they're maybe extracting stuff from Google or they're extracting stuff from Amazon and then they're putting that in and then they're asking the machine to give them their point of view. The advantage that I see Facebook, Instagram, Microsoft and all these businesses that they have, they have historical data. So they have years and years of data on how individuals interact with their platform and what they're actually looking for. So they can actually create that algorithm or they can track certain things down a lot quicker. Think about how many Facebook posts, uh, you know, blogs, groups that are actually available on uh, Facebook just now and what you could access if you were able to type it in like ChatGPT. Tell me all the stuff, uh, tell me uh, all the groups that are artificial intelligence and machine learning and it'll list etc. all the groups with specific parameters. Um, I think that I don't know the kind of ins and how they're going to do it, but I think that the the historical data will be the advantage that they have because they can actually understand people's behaviours and patterns and all the information is there. It be, it's probably really frightening how much information Google 
meta actually have you know so it's probably actually really frightening yeah like i said it's like early technology um kind of the other question is um, what are your thoughts on um, just kind of uh, innovation should we basically because for i'll give you an example here in the states you know with uh, this with blockchain and web3 and uh, i hate using the word cryptocurrency you know, these terms uh, the government has really shut down and really kind of banned it what are your thoughts on kind of the future of ai will they undergo the same regulation will they shut shut down and ban it um you know you know on the thoughts of innovation at the intersection of regulation if they wanted to regulate it chris they would have regulated it already that's the bottom line it's like if you want to regulate something and you see it as a danger then you you, you put the controls in asap however at some place at some stage in this people are benefiting from it whether it's big corporations individual shareholders whatever it may be so they're going to let the machine run and and you have to let it run because as well at the same time because as we come into this 4ir we have to kind of understand people's behaviors as well and and you know are they more acceptable to artificial intelligence how much pushback is there going to be where's the pushback coming from you know they don't want to they've accepted that we're going into and we're in 4IR and we're going into this industrial revolution of this tech age, etc. So they don't want to put too many controls on it to slow it down. If they have plans to, you know, to implement it and utilize it as best as they can, they're, they're going to let it run. But for me, from a personal point of view, I think that they, it's happening fast and they need to really sit down and look at it and see what age groups are using it and how they should be using it. Because you don't want to take away early human skill. Like, for example, I was having this conversation with someone the other day and they were talking about how they got AI uh, to write certain uh, words for them, spell certain things. And we don't want to take that. There should be an age limit on that. You know, we want kids to be, you know, this is my view. We want kids to be have good writing skills, uh, good reading skills, be articulate to a certain extent. Uh, well, as articulate as they can be, not to any extent, but as articulate as they can be and, and read fluently. So they shouldn't be allowed to use certain tools from, you know, maybe the under under a certain age. And, you know, people probably disagree with that. They probably say that it can help them. I still think that, you know, these are the oldest forms of learning is listening and reading and writing and etc. So you, we have to be mindful of certain things. I think that back to your question really before uh, is that at what level? and who's using it. Yeah, really um, fantastic discussion and, uh, you know, really important. I think AI is going to come to the forefront of a lot of discussions in the future. Um, it was just like the internet and, uh, you know, these fame companies and social media, uh, you know, it's, it's got its pluses and minuses. So we have to kind of, like I said, it's like a tool. So you can use a hammer for good or for bad, you know, different things. And um, how can people contact you follow you, reach out to you, check out your work, etc. We're on uh, LinkedIn. Uh, our business website's on on, link, uh, on LinkedIn. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on most of the socials. And yeah, but they can contact us through that and view the work that we're doing. And, you know, reach out to us and ask us any questions. Um, a lot of the questions that we do get asked is, is really how the workforce is going to react to the implementation of artificial intelligence. That's the number one question that we get asked at the moment. And how do we navigate around that pushback? 
yeah, I love that. And really fantastic discussion. And uh, Shaquille's got um, a really interesting slant compared to previous guests and kind of really you have to watch AI kind of use it mindfully, be aware. And all of his resources will be in the links and show notes. Check out his social media. And with that, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Chris. Really enjoyed it. listening if you liked it be sure to like comment share subscribe we're on everywhere spotify itunes google amazon audible and without much ado be sure to thank this show's sponsors and we'll see you next week